I've thought that if you make a lot of money or you're very successful doing something you don't want to do, that that's worse than death. It's almost like being burned alive. You can feel it, you can see it, but no one can put you out. The story of Willie Barsena, this week on Upvoted by Reddit. Welcome to Upvoted by Reddit. I'm your host, Alexis Ohanian. I just wanted to remind you all that there are only two more episodes in season one of Upvoted, the podcast. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about fame. You know, most from you know YouTubers to actors, musicians, even reality stars, attract people because they have some, some trait that we can relate to or identify with or just frankly sell an image uh, that we want to connect with. And the internet has propelled this notion further uh, because selling the idea of a person is cheaper, faster, and easier than ever to manufacture. To explore this further, we sat down with a friend of the show, Willie Barsena. He's a stand-up comedian from Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, who is considered by many, uh, especially many comedians, to be one of the best around. If your favorite comedian drops into a comedy club and sees Willie there, uh, he's probably going to want to go on before him. Uh, because nobody wants to follow his act. If you search for him on Reddit, you'll see several mentions of him in best of stand-up comedy lists, as well as some YouTube clips, but that's about it. Uh, even though he's made a living as a stand-up comedian for 25 years, he never quite made it. We'll talk to Willie about his comedy and the high points, as well as the low points of his long career, and how he came to terms with the struggle for mainstream success and his place in the you know comedy world. We'll do all this right after a quick word from our sponsor. Voted by Reddit Podcast. And so instead of ads, here are some thank yous. Thank you, Upside Down Colors. And that's colors with a U because you're proper and English and fancy. <laughs> thank you, Latrol Spreewell. Uh, L-E-T-R-O-L-L-S-P-R-E. Although I think Spree had two E's. W-E-L-L. That's pretty good. Number six, or well, number underscore six, Avery Crudeman, A-V-E-R-Y underscore crude man. Uh, thank you to both of you, actually. Ephographic, uh, thank you. Uh, Taco MacArthur is God. Are you Taco MacArthur? I guess I have to believe you since, well, it isn't your username. Thank you for your Reddit gold. It makes all this possible. And really, the least we could do is give you a great big thank you. So thank you to all of you. I'm Willie Barsena, and I'm a stand-up comedian. Nobody knows when your higher power is going to show up, man. You know, I mean, no, no, nobody knows. I, I just hope when the higher power does show up, anybody, right? Because that's the one commonality with our religions, that one day a higher power is going to show up and take away all the good people and fuck you all the bad people. <laughs> right? And, and, and the good people are going to float in the air Right? And they're going to be looking at all the bad people going, you fucked up, you know? <laughs> I just hope when that higher power shows up, it's like on a, on a Tuesday, you know what I mean? And I'm playing baseball with my kids, you know? And, and then it's God. I'm like, gather around me, children. You know? I'm hold my hand. Don't let go, no matter what he says. <laughs> Remember, I, I'm your father, man. Come on. 
I hope he doesn't show up on a Saturday night, man, you know what I mean? Where I'm all fucked up, you know? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm at a titty bar, you know what I mean? Right, the bouncer comes running in, God's outside! I'm like, oh, oh fuck, you serious? Get off me, star! I have to run outside. How you doing, God? Um, I was in there trying to save those bitches. You know, I gave them money and everything. I start floating away like this. Yeah. Bouncer yells out, he was getting a lap dance. Aw, oh, fuck. <laughs> This clip is from Willie's 2012 Showtime special entitled, I Gotta Be Honest. It's actually currently available on Netflix too, so I'd recommend checking it out. To give you a little more backstory on him as a person, Willie was born in Mexico. He grew up without his father, and his mom snuck him and his sister into the United States when he was extremely young. They literally drove through customs, told the officers they were headed to Disneyland, and never came back. When you listen to Willie stand up, it's pretty obvious that no topic is off limits. He makes jokes about the most vulnerable thoughts and experience of his life, from depression to having his wife and kids leave him. For Willie, making a personal connection with the audience and then leaving them with some new bit of truth is what comedy is all about. It's about the joke. Does the joke have some reality to it? Does it come from a seed of something that happened to you? Make them laugh, and then while their mouth is open, you shove the truth down their throat. Now, this isn't as harsh as Willie makes it sound. Here he is talking about his first sexual experience. So I was like 13 years old, right? So she was with this kid, right? And the kid was like the good-looking kid in junior high. And he was like, Willie, man, I want you to get some pussy, right? But I'm going to tell her that before I'm with her, she's got to, you know, jerk you off. And I said, all right. So I go in there, man. I'm 13 years old. I got this little boner. And uh, I remember her telling me, when you feel something tingly, let me know. So I'm like, I think I feel something tingly. And she goes, okay, okay. So she was going to grab like a napkin. Dude, I took the fucking meanest piss. And I pissed on all over the place. And the more she was mad, it was her mom's bedroom. So she was like telling me not to do it. And I don't know if you've ever had to take a piss really bad. But once it gets going, it's really hard to stop. So I, I pissed all over the girl's mom's bedroom. And I was embarrassed to go to school because I thought, oh, shit, she's going to tell everybody I, I took a piss, you know? And, and I, I literally didn't go to school for two days. But then I remember by the third day, I thought, wait a minute. She's going to have to tell everybody that I pissed on her. So, yeah, this is a pretty immature story. Uh, but even telling these jokes at a professional level is a process. To become a solid headlining comedian takes about 10 years of practice and a well-rounded education in comedy. As a young comic, it's almost like going to first grade and elementary school and junior high and high school because when you first learn about comedy, you just hear jokes, you know, like fart jokes, like Cheech and Chong, and that shit makes you laugh because it's the first time you ever heard anybody do a fart noise. And then you hear human interaction, right, with uh, Richard Pryor. And then you go, okay, human interaction. And then you get a little political and you start listening to Carlin kind of like the first guy that brought out existentialism and made it funny, like the whys, you know, why, why are we here? You know, I, that's where I strive to be. Am I there yet? I don't think so. And I think 
Um, that's what makes it fun for me. And I think if a comic doesn't do that, he's going to eventually get depressed, man. It's like having a band that plays the same three songs that made him famous. And you have to keep trying, man. You have to keep trying to go deeper into whatever you're doing. And that's why some of these comedians are depressed as fuck, man. And it's because you didn't challenge yourself and, and dig further and further. I mean, come on, man. We all get depressed and lonely and we question our capabilities. But asking the whys is, I think, what keeps keeps me from fucking killing myself, I guess. So Willie's a guy who lives by his own rules and undying principles. Achieving success as a Latino in Hollywood with that mentality is nearly impossible. To this day, man, you know, 2015, right? The reason we don't have any good shows is because you have these fucking executives who have a disconnection with Hispanics, man. Like the only connection they have is with the nanny or the gardener. And so there's no real human interaction and and a lot of them are elitist fucks so when they do write something it's it's almost dehumanizes hispanics guys that don't pander have it hard man and the thing about me is i look like a fucking beaner dude so the audience has this prejudgment about what i'm supposed to say what am i supposed to talk about and i don't talk about those things man but to say willie never had a shot just wouldn't be true he was one of Jay Leno's favorite comedians, appeared on The Tonight Show 12 times, and Leno even signed Willie to his production company to create a sitcom together. I had a development deal with NBC and Jay's company. And uh, I remember at the time, during one of our meetings with the president of NBC was there, the vice president, I'm sitting there with Jay and my agent, and the TV was on. It was on NBC. <laughs> I felt like such a dick, dude, because... The comedians were outside, the Hispanic comedians were outside protesting that there's no Latinos on, on television, on NBC. And I remember having that dilemma on, I was thinking, do I go outside and protest with these, with these my peers, right? But I go, well, if I go, but, but at the same time, they're offering me a job. So I, so I just stayed, man. I said, well, fuck it, man. I'm, I'm going to get the deal and, 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 and open up doors. You know, I always had a... Uh, <laughs> I always have a sense of humor about things, no matter what it is. I don't give a shit, man. Uh, but everybody there was Jewish when we were doing this development deal. Before the meeting was over, I, I called everybody in like like a huddle, like I was going to say something very poignant or something, right? right? And I said, hey, guys, can I just say something? The main thing is that us Jews stick together. And then they started cracking up, dude. Anyways, long story short, with that one, they, they wrote the show, and the show was, was fucking stupid, as hacky as beaner shit man it was just like you know it could have been written in the 70s man and it would have been perfect even after this project flopped willie was still in demand for years he was signed to a string of development deals i had probably five or six development deals within five years like every year i was getting a development deal and i thought it was never gonna end man i thought it was easy and uh yeah so i was getting a lot of money man and then the, the development deals stop, you know? And within that period of those five years getting those development deals, I kind of became a dick, man. I, I, I grew up poor. I grew up in East L.A. and Boyle Heights. That, that makes you angry. And then, you know, you grow up without a dad. That makes you angry. And then you run into assholes that just adds fuel. So I, when I had all the development deals, 
people treated me real special. The comedy clubs treated me real special. And I had kind of a dick attitude, man. And what I didn't know was happening was slowly I didn't get any deals, but I was still a dick. So now you think about it. I'm not getting work, but I'm still an asshole. Despite this downward trend, Willie's most promising chance at a big break was still ahead of him. Two years after his last development deal expired, he landed every comedian's dream opportunity. His own one-hour stand-up special on Comedy Central. Every young comedian dreams of having an hour special on Comedy Central, HBO, Showtime. Like, that's your fucking dream, man. When I was done with that special, management came up to me and said, Willie, the special's gonna change your life. Get ready for a new life. And I was like, yeah. The fucking special went on Comedy Central and it was almost like a rocket. And then people put their put, put their fingers and in their index fingers in their ears because they're gonna hear, they're about to hear the launch. But mine that was just a fizz. Like, oh, it didn't go up. At that point I thought that's all I had, like that one hour. So now the little bit of jobs that I got. I would fuck it up because um, I had conditioned myself, programmed myself to be a dick, dude. So, yeah, I fucking burned every fucking bridge. And Willie's not exaggerating. If you go to any major stand-up comedy club in the United States that's been around for a while, there's a good chance they have a crazy Willie Barcena story. You'll hear tales of him drunkenly chasing hecklers out of the club with a mic stand, picking fights with motorcycle gangs, and humiliating opening acts. One of those opening acts was Gabriel Iglesias, a.k.a. Fluffy. You know, he was just cute, man. He'd go on stage and get his finger and put it in his belly button, and he would act like the, like the Pillsbury Doughboy and make the same noise. Right? And they would die, dude. That was like a killer bit. When I'd come on stage, and my opening line would be, hey, you know, I saw you guys give him a standing ovation. Way, way to uh, perpetuate his fat ass, you know? This is why we have so many uh, Hispanics dying of diabetes, because you guys applaud this fat fucker. And, and the audience were like, it'd take him a moment. Like, is he real? Is that? So but it would take him, see, what, what I wasn't trying to be mean to Gabriel. I was trying to create my own energy, because I wasn't going to outcute him. He's like a fucking human cartoon, dude. So what I do? I went the opposite way. I was like, kill the cartoon. Maybe it was naive of me. You know, me sticking to my guns to who I was. But I think maybe it did bother him. Which unfortunately led Fluffy to informally ban Willie from any of his projects. Another person he burned a bridge with was Al Madrigal, best known as the senior Latino correspondent from The Daily Show. To understand the story behind their falling out, you really had to know where Willie was mentally at the time. His wife had left him, and they began to argue about how they wanted to raise their five- and seven-year-old boys. Willie thought it was most important for them to be well-rounded, he enrolled them in violin lessons, as well as MMA fights. Willie even hired Ronda Rousey's former manager to train them so they could defeat opponents twice their age. His wife did not approve of this at all. Their confrontation soon came to a boil at a New Year's show in Sacramento, where she was in attendance and Al Madrigal was performing before him. So at that time, um, me and my wife split up. You know, I was seeing the boys like once every three, four days. But the argument was that, oh, you know, I don't want the boys to be like that. So cut to the chase. So we're doing the show with El Maldrigal. It was New Year's and they had a DJ on the side. And this is kid, young DJ kid. He's playing music as you go up. And then El, in his elitist type of voice, I cannot go on until you leave. He pointed at him, you better leave. And the kid smiled, man. And he said, no, I'm not kidding. You 
have to leave. I'm not going to do comedy while you're looking at me. Who treats people like that? You know, and I, that's why. And then so when I went on stage, I went out after him. And I said, hey, where's that DJ? Where's that kid? I said, come up here, bro. I said, get over here, man. Obviously, this guy's never been to a Mexican wedding or a quinceañera. That's where the DJ stands. And then my wife was in the back. And you got to remember, at the time, we weren't together. You know, and I said, you see? You see why I want the boys to be able to play the piano and at the same time go to the hood? I don't want them to be socially retarded like Al Madrigal. And then he's in the back and he grabs the mic and goes, what you say? Who are you calling socially retarded? I think you're retarded. And we started going back and forth. At the time, I'd calmed down a lot, you know. I, 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 I've had a little bit of a temper. But at the time now, I could verbalize and maybe not control my words as much, but I can control my fist. So the show's over. I go to the green room. He's all hot, you know, trying to puff up. So I, I just put my shoulders down. I, I didn't want to look like I was um, being aggressive. And he's like, man, you don't know. Really, I can get crazy too. I remember him telling me that. I can get crazy too. And I go, no, I'm sure you can, um, Al. What I, what, what I want to say is I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry that I did that. I was out of line, man. I stuck my hand out and I said, can we shake hands? And he shook my hand. Yeah? And you know, when you grow up in the neighborhood, man, you grow up with people from the hood. When you shake hands and you say, I'm sorry, that's big, man. That's fucking huge. So this guy shakes my hand. The next week, I get a call from my agent that I could never work the punchlines again because piece of shit El Madrigal is best friends with the booker. Like That's like her favorite comic. He told her that I threatened him. Well, the opposite of what we had done in the green room. And that's precisely why I didn't want my kids to grow up like that, like a fucking a conniving fucking twerp, man. So Willie started losing more comedy club work. And in order to feed his kids, he had to resort to every comedian's worst nightmare, performing on cruises. No, no matter how you slice it, I have a family to support, man, as a true artist that I want to be. You know what I mean? As, as, as true to myself as I want to be, I still have to feed these motherfuckers, you know? I got to pay bills. These guys need clothes. And I think if it was just me, I, I, I would be happy living in someone's room, renting it for, I don't know, two, three hundred a month. But I don't. I have this whole family that I got to support. And that was one of my reasons for doing cruise ships. And it's a tough gig, man. You're in this fucking ship and, and you're, you're in this little room that's eight by eight. You get treated like cartoon character. You know what you're like? When you go to the, see the parade at Disneyland and you see all the characters and, and it's 110 degrees and they're wearing these uh, costumes and everybody's clapping and taking pictures. But, dude, there's a human being inside that fucking costume that has to go take it off it's probably just lost fucking seven pounds feeling like shit and nobody knows who he is probably gets a meal and a couple bucks and that's how for me man ships were, were rough man you know i had to do it and yeah i mean i was so depressed one time i was gonna jump man off one of those ships at night i was like is this where my fucking career ended and it was like four in the morning or five in the morning i was like telling myself jump you pussy jump because it was like pitch dark, you know, like no one would ever fucking know, dude. And I don't know, man. There's a there's a part of me that said, no, nah, man, anybody can quit, man. And I, I fought through it. I used it to my advantage. I started reading a lot in all, on those ships and I started writing a lot. The, the stigma is attached to comics is because your job is to make people happy. So it's easy to say, ah, oh, look, he's depressed. Because he tells jokes on stage. 
know how many fucking dentists? What don't dentists have like the number one suicide rate in the in the country? How many cops fucking get their own gun and off themselves? And I always said, man, if ISIS knew how often Americans kill themselves, they would just say, fuck it, let's leave them alone. Yeah, I was disappointed with myself, I guess, man. It was it was I wanted to punish myself, you know? Like, look where you ended up, you fuck. You're not creative. It was rough. And I had a fight from going on stage and and doing, you know, ship jokes. But for Willie to get out of this headspace, he knew he had to change his perspective. I haven't had the best hand, but I also know that, fuck, could have had a lot, lot of worse hands. But I think uh, the majority of the people in this world, man, get fucked. People have always told me, hey, Willie, when you feel bad about yourself, go to the hospital and look at all those people dying of cancer. And I always thought, it's fucked up. You know what I mean? You go to the fucking hospital and look at people dying and go, hey, at least I'm not you motherfuckers, you know? Woo, I feel better. I'm glad you fuckers are dying because, woo, man, I was feeling bad about myself. You know, I have like three parking tickets and I was fucking sad about it, but now I see you fuckers dying of cancer. God damn, do I feel better. Hey, guys, sorry fucking you're fucked. So, no, yeah, I could have had worse hands, bro. In all seriousness, couples counseling with his wife was when he really began to turn it all around. My wife left. My wife would say, you need therapy, and I would go, fuck, what if I get therapy and then I can't write? You know, I'm going to be all happy about everything. Nothing's going to bother me because I'm going to see everything as joyful. You know, it's kind of like that character from that baseball movie. The Cuban guy who, 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 who goes to therapy or something, and then he doesn't want to hit the ball hard anymore. He loves everybody. And I thought, for me, I thought that's what therapy was going to do. Like, I wasn't going to have an angle anymore. I was just only going to look at the world through rosy eyes. You know what I mean? And, and no, I, I, it was good. It made me healthy, and it made me see life deeper. And I still see the chicken shit. I still see the hypocrisy in us as people. Uh, with counseling, I got to see what more full of shit we are as human beings. And he also got to repair his life. His wife and kids moved back in, his mood began improving, and he rediscovered why he wanted to be a stand-up comedian in the first place. I love to drink, you know, and there's a lot of alcohol around comedy clubs, and then you get to be able to share your mind with people, man. Because who else gets to do that, man? A lot of people don't get to share their thoughts on any level, man, any job. You're always working for some fucking asshole. And I think when you live your life trying to do somebody else's job, it's fucking depressing, man. Like, my friend just retired from LAPD. And uh, when he was a young cop, he was like uh, that movie Colors, right? He was part of Crash, which doesn't exist anymore. And he was this young cop that wants to save the world, rid the world of fucking assholes, right? So my friend is an idealist. He's a young cop. 30 years later, he retires. And he was telling me how he's working for 30 years. And then he turned in his badge. And there's no fanfare, man. Like, he didn't even get, like, a certificate or anything. You go to some floor and you turn in your badge. And then they write it off and they say thank you. He couldn't even walk out the same way he came in because now he's a civilian. So you ask me why I always be doing stand-up is because of that freedom that I'll do my thing. Following couples therapy, Willie released his last long-hour stand-up special on Showtime entitled Gotta Be Honest in 2012. We played a clip from it earlier to open the show. This year, he recorded another hour-long special in El Paso and is so prolific He's planning on shooting another special this year at Harville's in Long Beach, California. So when young comedians ask Willie for advice, this is what he says. Don't do easy material. Be true to your craft. Love your work. Have integrity. Try to dig deep within your writing. And that's going to make you successful. 
And then they leave and I just realize, wait a minute, I'm not successful. I can name you fucking a thousand guys that are. Like the fucking puppet guy, Chili on a Stick or whatever the fuck his name is. He fucking does puppets with fucking all those jokes of like a jalapeno on a stick. Those are racist jokes from the 70s that people think because a fucking puppet says it, that it's cute and clever. So I can't say shit anymore. And now I sound like a dick. And the reason I don't say it is because I can't say, just be yourself, be true, and be true to your craft and all that, and you'll find success. Because it's not true. There's a lot of luck involved. Probably half the comics that are famous deserve it, and the other half suck balls. They're just really good at promoting themselves. Much like McDonald's is really good at saying they have a great hamburger. And they don't have a great hamburger. It fucking sucks, man. Because you go to any other place, like a Jim's Burger, and it's like the greatest fucking burger ever. But you just have to find it, you know. It doesn't find you. And I think that's why comedy is so much garbage, man. But see, with Gabriel and all them, very business savvy. They were collecting everybody's email. They're, they've always been very professional about the emails. I was under the impression that if you just put out good fucking product, that that fucking made you famous, man. You know, the Rolling Stones versus the Monkees, right? I always thought like the Monkees were like this artificial band that was put together, kind of like the first boy band. And then I thought the Rolling Stones were, were fucking, they weren't pretty. There was nothing nice about them. They drank. They didn't give a shit. I always said, I'm going to be the Rolling Stones. But it just didn't work out that way, man. I should have got some emails, man. I've always said that. <laughs> Understandably, the prototypical famous comedian with no dimension or craft is the bane of Willie's existence. He was more than happy to illustrate how amateurish comedians will just change the tenor and cadence of their voice to get a laugh out of something with no substance. You know, they, they fuck with your head by repeating the same premise three times, and then on the fourth one, they yell it. And you go, oh shit, I think I'm supposed to laugh now. They trained you. A comic can get you to laugh when he wants you to because he uses his rhythm. Like I said, man, you know, I was at the bus stop, you know, you know, who likes the bus stop, right? You know, and I'm at the bus stop. Who wants to be at the bus stop? You see, I didn't say shit, man. I didn't say anything. But by the fourth time I say bus stop, you're such a dumb fucking monkey that you're going to laugh. And then people are going to want to get that guy's T-shirt. Damn, man, I want the bus stop T-shirt. That's fucking hilarious. And it really isn't. I don't compete against Gabriel. I don't compete against George. I don't compete against Carlos. You know, it's me that I compete against. It's me and my audience. So if I'm mad at anybody, I'm mad at, my, I'm mad at an audience for not fucking wanting to see more of me. But everyone has a different idea of what success is. To a lot of people, just doing comedy for a living for 25 years is a huge success. Yet for Willie... Comedy has shrunk down to only a small part of his legacy. I want to be remembered as a fucking guy who loved people, man. I coach these kids. I coach, I've coached kids for a long time, man. I'm going on my 15th year of coaching Little League Baseball. And to me, the biggest joy I get is seeing kids and sharing adversity, uh, how, to, how to deal with it, you know? Like, and so if I want to be remembered, I just want to remember for being a, a fair guy, dude, a cool dude. You know, he might have been a dick at times, but the dude was cool. And he was a pretty good stand-up, too. Willie has certainly been through a lot. I'll share my final thoughts after this last word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Gilded Early Edition of the Upvoted by Reddit podcast. 
And now, more thank yous. King Derp, K-I-N-G-D-E-R-P-P. I wonder if there's a queen derp in your life. Nick Hammond, thank you. Just spelled like Nick Hammond, all in word. Super Loki, much better than normal Loki, but without an E in super. Frostickle, Frostickle, although it's spelled like tickle. Uh, that's, that's cute. Uh, G-S-D-G-W-W, I guess. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Thank you. Linux the Kid. Thanks so much, Linux the Kid. And finally, Poetic underscore Decline. Thank you. Your reticle makes all this possible. So, really, thanks. When thinking about Willie's story, I, I can't help but think about the premise of idolatry. Growing up, we have these grand ideas about the characters we make into figureheads. They might seem larger than life, but they aren't necessarily smarter, more resourceful, or even more talented than you are. They're simply people crafted into a brand, an economic vehicle more similar to a corporation than anything human. Skill or craft is a part of it, but a small part of it. Though, luck, circumstance, and charm are far more important. You know, the idea of original content is also something that's really interesting, uh, especially in comedy. But there's a big deal made about comics who aren't really original, who are derivative, who are taking other people's jokes, stealing jokes, as it's you know usually referred to. And it's even bled into the internet. You know, in the world of comedy, everyone has recently been talking about an Instagram star named Fat Jew. He has a wine line, a radio show, and a development deal with Comedy Central. And then, more famous comedians, like Patton Oswalt, shamed him for reposting others' material without credit. Now, surely we can all agree that profiting from others' material or taking it without crediting is wrong, though it's almost become the norm on the internet. I mean, frankly, how much content from Reddit is even from Redditors or attributed to their original source? Is there a way the internet can do better? And I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. Uh, hopefully, you all are going to check out all of Willie's content. Uh, we're going to link to it in the show notes. Uh, we really appreciate him taking the time to sit down with us and do this. Let us know what you thought about this episode, just like every single one on r slash upvoted. Willie is on Facebook at facebook.com slash Willie Barcena comedy. He's also on Twitter at Willie Barcena. And not surprisingly, his website is williebarcena.com. And make sure you spell that right. It's W-I-L-L-I-E-B-A-R-C-E-N-A. And there you can find all of his specials, albums, and see if Willie will be coming to a city near you. And don't forget, his last special, I Gotta Be Honest, is streaming now on Netflix. Also, I want to remind you we'll be having two more episodes of Upvoted before taking a hiatus and ending season one. And be sure to sign up for Upvoted Weekly our delightful hand-curated newsletter that comes out every Sunday. You can sign up at reddit.com slash newsletter. This week, we featured Reddit's office robot, uh, some cool-looking shadows on a train, and a story from Yev of Backblaze about his family's first trip to a U.S. grocery store after emigrating from Soviet Russia. So, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you subscribe, all those lovely places where you can subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review. We love them. And we'll see you again next week on Upvoted by Reddit.